Welcome to the Guardian Group podcast series. The Guardian Group, providing extraordinary solutions to today's exceptional problems. Hello, podcast fans. Welcome to another edition of the Guardian Podcast Series. I'm your host again, Todd Colmody. Usually with Mick, Rick Marat, but he's on assignment today. But hey, we got somebody else for you. We've got Stephen Reedman from our Colorado facility. Our Colorado facility all, all, uh, does both our standard services, which are standard electrical tests for opens and shorts and all that, but they are also our go-to for what we're going to talk about today, which is our functional fixtures and hybrids. Stephen and I kind of go back about 28 years, if I recall correctly. So uh, welcome to your first podcast there, Stephen. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, when we talk about uh, functional and hybrid fixtures, you know, basically what are they? But first, uh, let's talk about what a conventional fixture is. That's what everybody knows and works with for standard ET bareboard type stuff. And for those of you that are following along with the video podcast, got a slide here that shows some of what we call our conventional fixtures. And Stephen, you guys build all these as well, right? Yep, um, we call them universal grid fixtures and they pretty much build them to any size grid, dual sided, single sided, one inch up to three and three quarter inch. Yeah, your your facility is one of ours that does the pretty much the whole library of fixture types. Most of our other facilities are kind of wrapped around the three and three quarter inch music wire type pin, but your facility has a lot of expertise in some of the other types, like you mentioned, one inch, two inch headed type pins, and as well as the music wire featureless stuff too. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the headed pins are getting harder and harder to find, but we've got a pretty large inventory still. And you build you build fixtures for, you know, not just, you know, guardian type machines, but you build them for basically anybody's machine out there, right? Correct. Okay. Great. Yep. Great. Well, you know, what we're going to talk about today is what we uh, when we were talking about conventional fixtures and, you know, I basically say those are used for a standard test. A lot of them, you know, they have multiple guided plates in there where the pin deflects. If you've been uh, following along in our series, Rick and I did a podcast recently on high volume versus low volume testing, and we talked a little bit about dedicated or uh, wired type fixtures versus multi-plate guided pins when we talked about the interface of the grid tester and the pin interfacing up to the PCB pad. And that's what we talk here about um, multiple guided plates. Uh, they're also today's fixtures, you know, they have netlist intelligence, which means just the old term self-learn isn't used anymore. Pretty much, uh, you know, there may still be some of that out there. Really not a lot though, most of it's all netlist intelligence. And, you know, fixture, conventional fixtures, we found, you know, there is some limitations on these types of fixtures based on density of the boards and, and on the fixture tester being used. But dovetailing into that to what Stephen does uh, at that facility is, is these hybrid type fixtures or functionals, two types of things we'll talk about. The functional fixtures, first what we want to talk about. And uh, Stephen, when we talk about functional fixtures, you know, as, as compared to a 
standard ET multi-plate pin fixture or whatever. Um, kind of tell us what, take us a little walk down the functional fixture avenue. Well, they're generally a dedicated fixture, which means they're a pogo pin and, and wires. Um, they're used for a variety of applications. Um, they can be programming uh, jigs. Uh, they can be device. They can test the functionality of a completed device um, to check in the functionality of a connector attached already to a, a circuit board. So we, we call those through connector uh, test fixtures. Um, but it's, it's just beyond opens and shorts. Uh, included in that, I mean, we've done four wire Kelvin fixtures and we've done high pot fixtures. Um, so pretty much once you go beyond opens and shorts, uh, it falls into that functional category. Okay, would you talk about um, functional and connectors? And these these might be the bare board that's already been tested, and then you sit, the customer will do some assembly parts process. They might put coins or put connectors or whatever. And can this still be tested on a fixture type tester, though? Uh, generally not. Um, there's a few applications where you can do, you know, a small uh, through connector on a small circuit board and and then adapt that into a universal grid machine. But again, okay. you're you're still looking for opens and shorts, but you're you're uh, checking it through a connector. And so. We've done a few of those where, where we adapt uh, the functional fixture back to a universal grid machine. So would that be something that we would use kind of the term hybrid where you're wiring? I, I think what I'm seeing in my mind is what I'm thinking is where you might have a fixture or a board that's larger than the grid tester size or fixture tester size where you test 90% of the board on the universal grid, but you get um, creative and contest the rest of the board by wiring pins back into the interface or something to that effect? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we've taken that just another step. And and so we will wire to like a 50 pin connector that then makes connection to the universal grid. And so we can actually wire completed other fixture back and then cycle it through a universal grid. Oh, okay, great. I know that some of these fixtures that you build uh, can be rather, rather large for those of you following along video-wise. The slide on there, I think, is probably one of the biggest ones that you've done, I think. Yeah, that one is uh, 60 inches by 22 inches. And uh, this particular fixture was uh, is used for two different things. Um, you can plug into this and do a, a standard ET test, but then you can also, um, it will also perform a high pot test. Okay. And so 
And for those of you following, well, we've talked about high pod or dielectric breakdown testing or where you're testing a lot of times plane to plane for isolation, but sometimes it can be net to net for isolation. If they're critical nets, they may want high voltage and isolation in high pod fixtures, uh, which is another forte of what these guys do over there in Colorado. I mean, what is the functional fixture process? I, I mean, you know, on a standard ET type test, we have certain things we perform, you know, we get to customer requirements and we develop a program and, and then we basically test the board. But I think there's a little bit more, quite a bit more in the functional fixture process. Yeah, um, you know, sometimes a fab drawing spells out what is needed, uh, but most of the time it's a discussion back and forth between you know an engineer at a company and what they're trying to do um, and also you know they may want to add some things that make it uh, more operator friendly so that um, you're basically trying to decomplicate the test process and so some of that we can do through the fixture with switching and and uh, start switches and, and this type of thing. And so once you have that discussion and get the idea of what they're wanting, you know, then you would need to determine, okay, what kind of parts do we need here? Uh, what are being supplied by the customer? Um, and then we need to actually get the, the CAM files and then go in and specifically identify the certain nets or um, access points to the board that uh, we need to to uh, use in the fixture. Uh, then it moves into drilling and, and many times milling as well uh, to work around components that may need to be cleared out or you know so that no damage happens to other parts on the board. Um, and then once that's all done, then it goes to pinning, wiring, and assembly. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like in you know in a case of these functionals, the your team is an integral part of that with the engineering team at the customer site, other rather than you know a standard ET fixture flying probe type thing where the order comes in and cam's done and on the machine it goes. It sounds like you integral on that to make uh, their end result, I guess, kind of what they wanted. It sounds like it's definitely a more involved process. Yeah, that's where the fun part is, is interacting with their team and and uh, working together to come up with something that that uh, is cost effective and, and usable at their facility. I know that, uh, you know, uh, Rick and I have talked about in the past about cost of, you know, the standard ET grid fixture tester type uh, affair, where that is, you know, more expensive than obviously a flying probe because you have all the plates and pins. But when you get into these uh, functional fixtures, as you talked about, you know, the the cost is is higher because you know you have, I believe, you know, sometimes you have a, a off the shelf kit price that you use that adapts to a certain type of machine and then you have connectors and various parts and pieces so that pricing can be you know quite a bit higher than a standard dedicated tech fixture correct yes 
That's correct. Um, the cost of components for these are, are in some cases five times more. Uh, in other cases, it can be up to 10 times the cost, but just depends on the complexity of what you're trying to do. Well, I know that we use your group, you know, for most of this go to even for uh, what we call hybrid or switching type fixtures, which we talk about those. Um, Stephen mentioned a little bit about HiPod, the dialectic testing. Sometimes there's uh, what we call pairs, which is a pair would be two different points that are used to test your sense and uh, force and sense to find out if there's a dielectric breakdown. But sometimes there's a lot of pairs and uh, fixtures that are used for that that can be uh, that does all of that we actually lean on the guys over there in Colorado as well which we call the the high pot switching or switching matrix hybrid we'll, we'll explain to us a little bit about that how those work Stephen okay uh, so there's two different types of of switching high pot um, the, the most common one is, you know, many times a HIPOT test is, as, as you indicated, a test pair, but there's also many different boards that have test groups, and so they want group one tested to group two, and group one tested to group three and four, and, and, uh, and so we can tie all of those groups together to be one one connection and so it's it's almost like your fingers reaching out to multiple different positions and so you can check all of those at one time and then uh and That's then the, kind of like a kind of like a spider grabbing all pieces of the web at the same time correct correct yeah and then the other one is um where you need to select one net and test it against uh, three or four others. And then the next level or the next step in the test is you need to still have that net, but add another net. And so we can, by the use of a switch, uh, connect those two nets um, for step two of the test. And then step three, we can add in a third net and and go both ways and so you can start with them all connected and then work your way down by removing a net and testing them um, or tying them together and actually the third one is 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 what they they call um, an all net compare and so they'll give you a list of of nets that they want high pot high pot tested to each other and so on a flying probe, you would have to take the first one and test it to two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then the next one to three, four, five, six, seven, and it, it makes very high so, test counts. Yeah, that's a long test. But you can we can use a switch there also. We use an on-on switch. And so basically what you're doing is you're moving one net to uh, in, in this case we're using banana plugs and so we can 
by the use of a switch, move a net from banana plug one to banana plug two. And as you work your way down the list, um, you're separating and connecting those nets. And so it's, if there was 10 different nets, you can do it in 10 cycles, where if you did it on a prober, you're up in the 70 to 80 test cycle oh. range. Oh my. So it sounds like we're basically developing multiplexing on these fixtures. Yeah. That yep. uh, allows us to really take a lot of time out of doing it. That's 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 great stuff. Um, well, I know, Stephen, that uh, this was your first time doing this, and I think uh, you just came through with flying colors. Uh, what do you see looking in the crystal ball out there of of this type of work ramping up? Do you see it stable or do you see more demand on this that they find that this can be done relatively, uh, I wouldn't say affordably, but I would say conveniently, you know, by someone group like us or yourselves, you see this stable or growing? Um, I think the biggest issue is, um, especially for board shops or other, other users, in the high pot field especially is just the awareness that it can be done differently than you know just as it's spelled out on the um, fab drawing and from the affordability standpoint when you compare you know an 800 dollar fixture to to having to test 90 test pairs all of them at 30 seconds and sometimes 60 seconds the time savings that you get on a fixture, uh, the return on investment is very short. Um, and then uh, on the functional side of things, um, again, it's there's there's multiple players out there, and I think what we bring to the table is um, a bunch of good guys who are going to figure out what you need and very definitely at a lower cost than than many of the other options out there that's perfect and and i like how you phrase that uh for a group of guys the good old boys that we actually want to work with you and not tell you what you need is basically like stephen talked about in a functional fixture development working back and forth with the group to make sure they get what they want and the way they want it right correct been doing it for a long time and and that's the key is developing good trusting solid relationships absolutely i you know one thing i didn't <clears throat> I, I didn't touch on very well when we when i was talking about you know parts and pieces and pricing and all that have you noticed uh product scarce or parts scarce because of the global shortages or is it affecting you I know you mentioned headed pins on the conventional type fixtures are getting harder to find, but you know some of the stuff that you work with the uh, functionals is you find any issue with supply chain? Uh, just the length of time. Um, lead times. Yeah, lead times um, in general are a little bit longer. They're not bad. Um, late last fall, <clears throat> I think they peaked for what we're, we were seeing. And uh, you know, so we did stockpile on on some of the key parts that we knew we would use, 
um, just because, I mean, I had to go three and four suppliers deep to find them. And, right. uh, but in general, it just seems to be lead times um, and they've come down some again, but they're still, they're still averaging uh, probably three to four, three to four weeks where they were one to two weeks. Okay. Well, um, Stephen, I want to thank you for joining us today. Joining me, I should say, talking about functional fixtures and hybrids. And uh, your group in Colorado is the place to go for these type of things. And for any of you watching and you want to get a hold of us, uh, drop us a line at info at guardian.com. That's info at G-A-R-D-I-E-N.com. Check us out or check the website at www.guardian.com. Guardian.com, I should say. And if you're... Uh, Check us out. Check out our series of podcasts on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcast, or your favorite platform, wherever that may be. And for Stephen Reedman and myself, we thank you for joining us. Look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.